welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, this is Buddy C. Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. Today we have Heidi and Jennifer and a bunch of guys. We have <laughs> Oscar, Brian, Lou, and Justin. I want to welcome Oscar. He's here from the Netherlands, and then our resident Georgia Netherland is not here. If you're not familiar with us, we talk about a verse, usually of Taoist-related literature, and how it relates to recovery. I'm an alcohol recovery. We've got folks in here in all kinds of uh, addictive recovery, and one of the ideas that you first grapple with if you, especially if you go to 12-step recovery of some kind, is I saw it as I've got to figure out how to get God to help me get sober was what I, some people come in are angry at what they think of God. Other people don't believe in God at all. So they think this might not work for them. But if that's you, hold on. I will just, before you turn this off, I'll just say one thing. When you show kindness to others, do you feel better? If that's the case, that's all you need. In my experience, you don't have to have this huge God belief that you float and you're just perfect person kind of stuff. That's not what this is about. This is nothing but real life, really. And it's not your willpower. It's not working harder and doing better. It's not, okay, God, show me twice and I'll take it from there. It's none of those things. You'll hear that in the different people who share. It's about learning how to step out of the way and have this ever-moving, ever-evolving, ever-growing, maturing, expanding. Maybe now we learn it expands in waves, but it is expanding. This world that we don't understand. And that's what Taoist thought does so well. with. We're not Taoist, or I'm not a Taoist. I think I'm, I'm still a Christian. I very much want to be Christ-like. I'm still on that side as far as the way I was raised. That's the uh, practice that I came to this through. But when I hear uh, Taoist sayings, those sayings, I can see align so well with what Jesus taught that we see in the New Testament, that we see in the other Gospels that we find. One example of love being that, in the days when Rome occupied Jerusalem, uh, they had a rule that any Israelite would carry a Roman soldier's pack for a mile. No matter where the Israelite was going, what was going, he sees some guy, stout guy walking down the street, said, here, carry my pack. No matter what direction he was going in, he was going to have to go in the direction of the Roman soldier. Could happen to any time. What they would do is, this is the way I was told, They'd get the pack, they'd carry it. When they got their mile, they'd throw it down, spit on it, and walk off, which sounds like a legitimate thing to do. What Jesus said was, no, don't do that. If you're asked to carry a pack for a Roman soldier a mile, carry it two miles. I'm like, wow, that kills something in me. 
when I go against my nature like that. When I would get through the second mile, if I were to do that, and the times that I've done things, not necessarily that big a thing, but something where I wanted to punish someone or do only the minimal. And when I said, no, let me do this instead, it kills something in me. I don't understand it. And the Tao talks about this a lot, about allowing the mud to settle and let the right answer to show by itself. Don't keep stirring up the water and just let it happen. The Tao doesn't take sides. It's on the side of the one who forgives. That kind of thing where you say, I see those ideas in this. So there's a lot of things like that. So those are the kinds of things that attracted me to the Tao Te Ching, uh, which is the Chinese really equivalent to the Bible. So it's the second most published book in the world behind the Bible. If we were Chinese and raised in China, we would know we'd have a copy of the Tao Te Ching like most in the West have a copy of the Bible. So that's to put it into place. Go to buddyc.org. We have a lot of resources there. There's a resources page. There's all kinds of stuff. There's a daily devotion that you can sign up for. I've been taking these quotes and putting them in a daily verse with a thought and trying to find most of the time having another related recovery quote with that and then an affirmation, some way we could put it into practice today. So get back some good comments on those at times. You can sign up for that at buddyc.org. There's a sign up on the far right of the website. If you would like to come to this meeting, we usually post a video of the meeting unless there's a reason not to. And then we post the links to come to this group. And you can also email me at info at buddyc.org and we can have a discussion and I can uh, get you a link directly if you'd like. We meet at 9 a.m. Eastern every Saturday. We're in and out because it's Saturday, but we always have these seem to have a decent group. So it's good. The 11th verse. This is a good one. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and read the Stephen Mitchell if that's okay. We join spokes together in a wheel, but it is the center hole that makes the wagon move. We shape a clay into a pot, but it is the emptiness inside that holds what we want. The hammer, we hammer wood for a house, but it is the inner space that makes it livable. We work with being, but non-being is what we use. Anyone have another verse or if you are comment on that one? Hey, buddy, I'll I'll read the uh, Jeff Pepper, the Dow Day Ching in clear English. It says 30 spokes, excuse me, 30 spokes share a single hub. Its emptiness makes the cart useful. From clay to make a container, its emptiness makes the container useful. Cut doors and windows to make a room. Its emptiness makes the room useful. So a thing's existence makes it beneficial, but the emptiness is what makes it useful. For for me, I keep looking at this word 30 spokes, and I notice that's in it's in this version and the Derek Lynn. And I, I'm curious why there's 30 spokes and not 40 or, or 25. I hope somebody may have uh, some input on that. 
Brian, this is Lou, and and what I've read on that is that it uh, corresponds to a month to the lunar. Okay. Lunar okay. Okay. So it's cool. it's like a, a metaphor or or connects this verse to the lunar cycle. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if Thank that's you. true. That's what I've read. I'll go with that. <laughs> Thank you. And I like the red pine version. Thirty spokes. 30 spokes coverage on a hub makes it makes it's the em, emptiness that makes a wheel work. I'm sorry, let me read that again. 30 spokes converge on a hub, and it's the emptiness that makes a wheel work. Pots are fashioned from clay, but it's the hollow that makes a pot work. Windows and doors are carved for a house, but it's the spaces that make a house work. Existence makes the things useful, but non-existence makes it work. And... One of the comments I read on that verse was that if if it's the emptiness that makes all of these things work, imagine what the emptiness does to a mind. Thank you, Lou. Here is Jonathan Starr's 11th verse. He says this is a description of Wu, like Wu Wei, effortless effort. This is the way to be effortless, in other words. Wu is nothingness, emptiness, non-existence. 30 spokes of a wheel all join into a common hub, yet only the hole in the center allows the wheel to spin. Okay, that's the same. Clay is molded to form a cup, yet only the space within allows the cup to hold water. Allows the wheel to spin. It's not doing that work. The wheel's not doing the work. The wheel is just empty so it can. That's woo. I I really like this. Walls are joined to make a room, yet only by cutting out a door and a window can one enter the room and live there. Thus, when a thing has existence alone, it is mere dead weight. Only when it has woo does it have life. Huh. Do you think there's a little bit of the yin and yang to that too? And does that correspond? In what way? The dichotomy of emptiness and form. Uh, emptiness with yin and form with yang. Could be. Yeah. Heidi? Or mm-hmm. Jen? Or both? <laughs> I was just trying to relate it to recovery. And I was thinking of our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. That just, there's like the, I don't know. I'm trying to relate that. That's just what brought to my mind that we're just this. It's we're we're the spokes, but there's just the emptiness is just maybe the steps. I don't know. What do you think, buddy? You're better at, doing that than I am but that's just that's just what it brings to my mind it is the space within the house that makes the house livable the emptiness we allow is our true value I think it goes back to learning how to be open and available and not think we have all this figured out because when I think I have something figured out I don't have room for anything else My mind, like Lou talked about empty mind, 
it's if my mind's made up, I'm I'm all in self-will. And part of this is learning to live that open life all the time. And sometimes I might think I know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm trying to leave an openness that and one prayer, so to speak, that that's a constant for me is, can I see this another way? Can I see this another way? Most of the time I can. And most of the time, the other way is better than my way. Is that resonating with anyone? Yep. Let go and let God. Yeah, for me, it is. It, it, it gives space when I accept there is space around things. I can't accept. I can't accept a cup when I don't see the space, right? And it's the same with ideas and principles and thoughts and opinions and judgments. If someone throws a judgment to me, I have the intent to throw something back immediately. So the only thing to save me and my life is to to create space around this judgment. And then I can go to acceptance, courage, love, and my own judgments can fade away because they are not so much worth. But but to see the space around everything is a beautiful thing. It makes me really quiet. Also, when you walk and you walk the stairs and you do it with space around it, you walk in perfect harmony, mindful, tranquil, serene it is, right? Serene is the word. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Oscar. You said a phrase that I hear all the time with my Buddhist friends. Uh, creating space. They use that phrase for a lot of their stuff when they're describing the way they do things. We create space, a space for that. And really what they're saying is they're allowing a space for that. They're not feeling it. They're just allowing it the space to be. And the great idea out of this that I see is that last stanza of Jonathan Starr where he says, when a thing has existence alone, it's dead weight. It's not useful. But when it has emptiness or woo, when it has emptiness or woo, it does does have life. It has life once it has emptiness. And it's interesting, too. We hear emptiness a lot in in the Tao Te Ching. And we, we hear that it's the emptiness that makes us useful. but what I want fullness to make me useful because that's the way I used to think, right? If it's empty, what is it being filled with? That's not the point. The point is to be empty. And so I, we could talk about the different ways. I've got a book. I want to read some phrases. This is the first book I ever wrote. I never published it. Second one, but this is the one that's in writing. I've not published it. I did it with uh, Carl D. out of the Sober Pod. He did the illustrations, and we're going to use it for a mar- some kind of marketing. But anyway, it's about the title's just a cup. The Tao is an empty vessel. It is used but never filled. I like if I if, if my gas tank was never going to run out, I would want it to stay full all the time, not empty all the time. 
<laughs> it takes a whole different mindset to drive an empty a car that's running on empty than it does one running on full. Think about that. This is saying the Dow is an empty vessel. It is used but never filled. In other words, it comes up out. You don't fill it. It has a lot of emptiness quotes, a cup quotes in here. We mold clay into a pot, but it's the emptiness inside that makes the vessel useful. We talked about that. Knowing how to yield a strength. Let me read the cup quotes parts of this. A cup cannot fill itself. A cup cannot empty itself. Think about the correlation between you and a cup, more or less. If a cup's dirty, it is less useful. A cup cannot clean itself. A cup has no control over what it is filled with. An empty cup can be more easily carried than one that is full. Think about the correlation between being empty and full and which one is our, what, a goal more or less. When we accept, when you accept yourself, the whole world accepts you. Different cups have different purposes. A cup used for something other than its original purpose is no less a cup. A cup makes no decisions as to who uses it. Someone other than the cup makes all the decisions about the cup. Now, we can't take these literally, but we can apply them in a lot of ways. A cup does not discriminate as to who likes it. A cup does not pass judgment. Heidi? I have a question, Bay. Okay. Um, do you think, like, when you say the mantra, thank you, I have no complaints whatsoever, that's expressing that for me, when I say things like that, I'm like, my life is full as it is right now. I have everything that I need. I don't have everything is exactly the way it's supposed to be. Like for me, like I have to use that fullness analogy to like, how would you, what do you think about that? For me, when I say thank you for everything, I have no complaint whatsoever. It would be the same as me being the cup and not trying to keep from being filled with something or not trying to control the situation. It, it, it's bringing me to a place of acceptance of what is. Right. That, does that make sense? Yes. Uh, uh, these all get, because they're not all literal, because uh, you could go with that in kind of odd ways. And so that's... Uh, that's the way I look at it because the things I am filled with are not things I have filled myself with. Yeah. Um, okay. That's I like that. Yeah, because the cup can't fill itself, but it can't clean itself. It's just the cup. Yeah. If we think of ourselves as the cup, how can that relate? I got a PDF of this book. I'll put it in the chat before we leave. Uh, and just think about that. Think about that emptiness that comes your wall blends in Brian. I didn't see your hand. Go ahead. For me, I keep going back to cut doors and windows to make a room. It's emptiness makes the room useful. And, and, and I hear you talking about a cup and to me, all this relates to the word vulnerable, which I don't do well. I've always had a lid on my cup because if I take that lid off, I give you the opportunity to hurt me. And, and it's, if I don't take the lid off or I don't even crack it, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to keep 
that void inside of me that that could be useful to others. And uh, so that's how I relate to it. I, yeah, that's good. It's good. I, I needed that. Thanks. Thanks, Brian. Anyone else? I was looking up some definitions of woo. That's the words that we most of us learned coming into our first touches with Tao is the word wu-wei, W-U-W-E-I. The way I understand it is it's effortless effort. It would be the effort to be the cup, not fill the cup. To be in a position so that you can be used. And that's what, and I think what makes the holes and doors in the house is working through our fears, through the steps, do that for us. That's what creates, what's wrong with you guys just saying that, Heidi? Y'all are laughing. I thought y'all were part of it. No. Yeah, it's just, that's what creates the availability for emptiness is me learning to step out of the way. I, I never could do that before recovery because I was always defecting and moving in. My fears were all, I'm going to run out of money, so I need to do this. My kids aren't going to love me if I don't do this for them. You know, all those type things. It was always a from a fear approach. And only when I allow, when I let go, when I surrender, and really more of let go and let God, for me, it's just let go or get dragged. Because it doesn't matter who I let go to or how I surrender that I just stop the fight. It didn't say that in the emptiness that we had to do anything special. It's just nature. It's just this flow of life that we talk about in the big book. We talk about, they talk about in churches every Sunday. They talk about in Zen Buddhism. They say that's something that we don't understand. I say, what the fuck? That's God. Can't y'all see that? But they won't call it that. They call it something different, which is fine. Then I start realizing the God I'm talking about is like the hand describing the body and thinking it's not part of it. That kind of a thing. Hey, I saw this body and it was carrying me around. There really is a body. That, <laughs> okay. That kind of thinking, because we're just a hand to the body is the way I look at it or am becoming to look at it. But man, that's a slow process. So, what's some different ways that we can create emptiness or allow? Okay. Better word. Allow emptiness in our life. I think that's the whole point of this is to allow the hub, allow the emptiness. And does the wagon wheel have anything to do with its motion? Does it create power? Does it have any energy? No, it's just pulled along. We're not told to that we're to figure out how to move the wheel. Just make the wheel available so it can be used. Man, there's so many ways you can go with this. For me, sorry, go ahead, please. For for me, what I'm getting out of it is the importance of resting, uh, both physically and mentally. Um, I'm one of those people who's just always got to be doing something, got to be productive every second of the day, really, both with doing things with, with my hands or around the house or work or whatever but also needing to be thinking about something pretty much all the time, thinking about something in the future, thinking about something in the past. 
and that neither of those things really allows me to to just sit and allow things to to come into my life allowing an opportunity to help somebody allowing an opportunity to um, be kind to somebody if i'm thinking about how i can get more out of the situation then I'm, i'm not letting the space be created i'm not letting the cup be empty so it can be filled with something else so that that's what i'm taking away from it is importance of resting finding time to do nothing that's that just never has been okay for me but trying to make that okay trying to make it okay to just sit and allow the next right thing to come my way rather than forcing it no timers in aa would tell me that i can let go and let god but god's not going to push a hot dog through the keyhole (laughs) (laughs) they're saying for any any time when they thought I was being lazy with things. But the, isn't that the crux, though, Drew, finding finding that balance between what is my part and what's not my part and then leaving my part, the part that's not mine, leaving it alone? That's really what this is talking about. It's talking about how to allow emptiness. You're not feeling emptiness. You're cr- emptiness, you're making room for emptiness. Yeah, it's so beautiful when you look at nature that there is so much emptiness. When we look at the sky, or we look at when you are in a field, there is so much emptiness in the big picture. And when you are a scientist, then you look at atoms and neurons and electrons. There is a lot of emptiness between all these things. Emptiness is what drives it all, I guess. It really is, isn't it, Oscar? I was it is. I was looking up the woo W U. I know my accent's awful. Recent. Without nothing, free of, not having, emptiness, non-being, non-existence. And I had no idea when I came in here how to do that. Listen to these descriptions of a cup. A flawed cup is still a cup. A cup has no say as to what is written on it. A cup has no influence on what color it is. A cup has no say as to how big it is or its shape. A cup has no say as to how often it's used, where it's used, or if it's used at all. A cup that is never used is still a cup. An empty cup is more useful than the one that is already full. Cups are filled, emptied, and cleaned by others. A cup has no responsibility other than to be a cup. Cup's purpose is to be a cup. I think it was me and Scott B. that went through that. If anyone knows Scott from the nightly meeting that goes on and from Cartersville, we discovered that in a a sponsor-sponsee session. And, wow, we're just like this cup. And we started writing down all these things that the, the cup could and couldn't do. And I was like, man, that's good. I might need to do something with it. But it is the emptiness. All these different translations. We work with something, but we use nothing is what uh, Hogan said. We work with the substantial, but the emptiness is what we use was McDonald, Mitchell. We work with being, but non-being is what we use. Yeah. 
Oh, here it is. Listen to this one. This is Guy Poufain. Cut doors and windows for a room. It is the holes that make it useful. We've talked about that. Therefore, benefit comes from what is there. Usefulness from what is not there. The Tao works not from a place of fullness, but a place of emptiness. And relating that to the car and the, the gas, let's say, I have never learned. It's the vulnerability you were talking about, Brian. I have never learned to live in a place of emptiness because with emptiness, you're not, you don't have that safety and security that, that we thought we all worked for. And I'm not talking about just financially. I think the emptiness or fullness is not talking about how much money I have in the bank. The emptiness and fullness, if you're talking about financially, would be more of how much do I trust my own abilities for this versus how much do I let go and uh, allow in my life instead. Does that make sense? Because that's the whole point. You can have no money in the bank and be full. <laughs> if that's all you were, if you were after that all the time, if that's you had this fear of financial insecurity that ran your life, you might be empty of one thing, but you're full of something else. You're full of you. And I can't be used in that regard. I, I think that's more, that's the way I see emptiness and action. Does anyone resonate with that or have anything? Buddy, this is really helpful for me. This is Lou, because I've been I've been retiring in stages, <laughs> and at every stage, I'm thinking about well, how am I going to fill my day? What am I? What purposeful activity am I going to take? What am I? What use am I going to put myself to? And I'm trying to fill up the cup myself. I'm trying to come up with those things without recognizing that it's okay to okay not to doing anything it's okay to not be force feeding myself new ideas and struggling to come up with the right answer in terms of what i should do so this has been helpful for me today and lou it's not you'd have to separate i think the action we take and the thought that drives the action we take because in this emptiness in this Effortless effort, it's still effort. It's just what is driving that effort. Is it coming from a source of self, fear, ego, or is it coming from a place of compassion, uh, a place of no fear? Yeah, and I think it, since I felt that drive to come up with something, then it's not coming from a good place, probably. Exactly, Lou. And that's the thing. It's not that you're doing nothing. It's that you're paying attention and are open to being able to see what to do. Because in most situations, if you take a step back, take a moment and breathe, even without all of this, you can see more of what to do. Even if you thought, oh, that's bullshit. That don't work. If you just pause in a situation, take a deep breath, you can see it so much clearer without going any further than that. Yeah. Who else? Yeah, I was wondering what what you guys and girls think about the contradiction that there is also a real, how do you say it? Uh, I have been really frightened for emptiness. I've been really scared for it. 
and I hear it a lot in meetings and I recognize it and it really resonates with me. And since I know this versus and I, I thought emptiness is not something to be afraid of and I start to get more peace with it. But I remember so well that it was, it was a really scary black hole or something. I don't even uh, what is this? That's another kind of emptiness, but it's the same word. What do you think of this? You understand? That's the problem, Oscar, is that our words are inadequate to explain these things on either end. So we we, we don't have different words. Uh, Effortless effort, I think, is empty effort, empty of ourselves. Now, uh, if you're thinking empty on the other end as if you're empty of uh, your higher power or what empty you've got to get filled. That's a way a lot of people think about spirituality, that they need to be filled rather than that they already have it. And the fear, fears in their lives have just blocked the spring. So it just depends on how you look. I used to look at this as it was coming to me. Then I, now I know, I believe I could be totally wrong. It and it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that it's all coming from within. I mean, but the point is, no matter where you think it's coming from, that you learn to step out of the way and let it. I just said it a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago. Be still and know that I am God. I heard James Bean on Spiritual Awakening Radio say, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know. Be still. Be. Man, doesn't that just calm you down? Just me saying that one time. But could you imagine taking that into your meditation? Be still and know that I am God. Be or start it anywhere near you want. And just go all the way through. And th- this really is a lot about how you want to say guidance or how to spirit your to spiritually intuitiveness, your spiritual intuitiveness. This is all part of that as well. Coming see. Scotty, one of my sponsees, Scotty M., who's here often, living in the I don't know. That's this emptiness we're talking about, living in the I don't know. Any other comments or this is a deep one, but yet, oh, I've got another comment from another source if uh, nobody has any comments at the moment. I've used this before, too. This is a quote from V.C. Kitchen. He wrote a book, I Was a Pagan, in 1935. And the reason I'm quoting him is he was in the Oxford group with Bill W. And he was also in the businessman's group with Bill W. in the Oxford group. They had the Oxford group, which was a Christian organization. They met in houses and had little groups, that kind of thing, which a lot of churches have now, actually. And within the Oxford group, there was a businessman's group, which was businessmen that went around and talking to other businessmen, trying trying to convert them to Christianity and come to the Oxford group, basically. So Bill Wilson was in the businessman's group with VC Kitchen, the guy that wrote this. But this guy got sober before AA, and we don't know if he ever went to AA. And he's never mentioned, but check out this quote. These ambitions hypocrisies, and vices 
were not drained out when I transferred my belief in one plan or philosophy of life to another. They were not drained out by making New Year's resolutions, and they were not disposed of by going to psychoanalysts, remember 1935, psychoanalysts, or by going to church, were not removed by even going to church. They were drained out by stopping the self-effort to get rid of them, by letting God take hold to do the job, and by putting God first in life. You could replace God with love and it worked perfectly too. I had put love, I'm saying I use love in this. I had put love first in theory, yet continued to mean and do badly. That was because I was still trying to run my own life. It was not empty, right? I had put love first in living, but had kept my self-love uppermost and had built my scheme of things quite upside down. When I turned things around, however, and put love at the uh, head of the list, when I ceased struggling to pull myself up and stepped out of the way so that love could shine down to me, when I let him show me how to use the individuality he had given me to accomplish for myself or humanity, And for him, the things he wanted me to accomplish, then for the first time in 40 years, things of consequence began to happen in my life. I'll put that in the chat for you guys. If y'all want the book, tell me. That's the one passage I picked out of the whole book. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm sure there's others. My message is too long. All right. Just let me know. I'll send it to you later if you want. Yeah. Luke put a a verse in the chat. Uh, Matthew 26, first clean the inside of the cup and of the plate, examine and change your inner self, conform to God's precepts so that the outside, your public life and deeds may be clean also. Man, got to start from the inside out. That's the only way it works. He learned his job, kitchen's job was to step out of the way and let it come to him to quit trying to pull himself up, that he had it upside down. In recovery, how do we, I don't know anyone that comes into recovery that doesn't have some belief of how this is to work, whether it's a, a, regardless of how that is. But what we learn is we have to shift our thinking upside down. What we have to do instead of, let's say we have a Christian God belief, God changes me, then I start loving other people. Flip that. We start loving other people, then I start changing. We start being helpful instead of hurtful. We start allowing people to have more control than we like. And that helps us to be vulnerable and learn that we don't have to control every action that there is going on. So many little lessons that we can take from this. But we're up on the hour, it looks. So... Any other comments or that's a that's an excellent example of what Wu would be in Wu Wei, that effortless effort that, you know, we can learn to live in. And it's just it's not living in it in all of life. Can I live in it right now? And then the next moment, then the next moment. Not that I got just like with alcohol. Oh, God, I can't drink the rest of my. No, I just don't drink it out. Really don't even think about it. But when I did, I would know I can go not this moment even. I have even said at times, if this is not better tomorrow, I'll drink. 
but that whole that whole idea that it's not us running the show in any form or fashion. The the words from that that book that you just read that are sticking with me is meaning well but doing badly. Yes. <laughs> I, I feel like that describes a, a lot of my life as I, I know I've had good intentions. I know my intentions were good, but just the way I went about putting those into practice was, you were, was under, not. you were misunderstood, weren't you? <laughs> by, by myself, most of all, I think. <laughs> you reminded me but, of, oh, I'm sorry, I couldn't resist that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I know I've had good intentions throughout the years, but um, a lot of my, you know, between point A and point B, putting them into, putting my intentions into practice, I was in the middle of that and couldn't get myself out of the way to, to get my intentions actually out into practice, just focusing on myself first rather than what needs to be done or what doesn't need to be done. And the way I step out of the way is considering you instead of me. And it doesn't mean mm-hmm. like big mushy anything. It's as little as coming to this podcast today and asking how I can be helpful to each of y'all. Not how I can get you to, not the ego side of that, which I could go to. It's all, how can I be helpful? That's love. We don't have to do some big mushy something for it to be love. All these little actions we take. They're all love actions, every one of them. When I think, when I do something for someone else, even in the littlest of way, if it's not, if it's letting them out in front of me or me parking up in the parking lot and leaving parking places for other people, or that's one of the first things I started doing like many years ago was not taking the best parking place and just my Christmas, oh, God bless us with that parking. Go up there next to the bus. Park up there. What do you mean? You think this is all about you? And that change of attitude of how can I be helpful? Yeah. Good meeting today. Thank you. Thank you. If you come up with any suggestions on this or any other thoughts, post them in the Dow group or bring them to the meeting next week. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.